<laughs> Mystery Science Theater once taught us all you got to do is stick space in front of everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. My space fork. <laughs> space window. We did that already in this episode. Wait, there it is. There. Oh, good <laughs> Space window. Well done. Commander Cody to the space window. Those pigs have space monkey DNA in them. They do. Oh my god, what have you done? You've given that monkey space pig DNA. <laughs> the space pig mon- The space pig monkeys are on the loose. Quick, capture them with the space nets. <laughs> I can't, sir. They've been afflicted with alpha waves. Try the space tranquilizer, then. <laughs> See? That's, that is 90% of the space movies made between the, the uh, 1950 and the moon launch. <laughs> space this and space that. Maybe I should rewrite Offworld. <laughs> space Offworld. Space capers. Space capers, exactly. Space capers. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. <laughs> well, there you go. Welcome to Episode 351. It's a podcast. With a guy and a guy and a guy on the worldwide phone. I'm Mike. I'm Craig. And here we are. Did that cut out? The music cut out for you? There was a little hiccup. A little hiccup. That's fine. If that actually makes it onto the recording, we are not sorry. (laughs) It is what it is. Yeah. Hey, happy Pearl Harbor Day. I mean... Not happy Pearl Harbor Day as we record. I'm never never sure what to do with that. Like, happy Veterans Day. Thanks for dying. You know? (laughs) Like, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right to say happy. Like, when you you put on Facebook that it's the anniversary of your mother's death. Right. And you get likes. (laughs) Well, Well, especially now when there's the other option. There's the sad button. But, like, on Twitter, all you have to acknowledge is the heart button. Is, like button sure yeah yeah so people are like oh, feeling i'm really missing my mom today she would have been blah 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 years old like what wow oh yeah because it's a the this type of holiday is a different kind of celebration yeah celebration it's, it's celebrating different things it's not always woohoo it's celebrating how we avenged all of those deaths <laughs> and then some with nuclear bombs <laughs> The bare minimum of plural bombs. <laughs> we barely yeah, had bombs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, let, we're not make it, don't make it sound like we dropped like 37 bombs on people. Yeah, we exceeded the threshold from singular to plural by one. We did the bare minimum of bombs. One. <laughs> one extra. Let's talk to our guest. In the year of our Lord, 1500. And that was the last one we had. Well, that we know about anyway. Well, supposedly that was the bluff game. We had one more. Oh, oh, oh! I think we dropped, the, we dropped. We dropped the first one. They said, "Hi, Jim. How you doing?" That's not what they said. I'm saying, "Hi, Jim." They dropped the first bomb. We said, what? "Hey, you want to?" Who is this, Jimmy? Stop! Stop! We said, "You want to surrender?" They said, "No." And so we dropped the second bomb, and they said, "We said you want to surrender?" And they, they said, said, "Yes, please." <laughs> and it's good because we didn't have a third bomb. Right. I thought that was. I thought you meant that was the last one we used in war. No. 
Well, the last one we used right that moment because we didn't have any more. Anyway, Jim, how's it going? Hi, Jim. Hey. Oh, jeez. I, I wasn't ready again. That's okay. That's two in a row. Well, Good morning. Craig kind of faked you out there by... He did. He <laughs> did. He wrong, I was wrong-footed. The impromptu we his, tro- history we lesson. We dropped a bomb on the Japanese and then we said, Oh, oh hi, Jim. Oh. <laughs> no, that's not what we said. Here's here's the thing about that. I, I just saw this story this morning as I was going through my uh, my Pearl Harbor memory stuff. Only one veteran of that attack is going to be able to make the ceremony today. Is that because only one is alive, or is there just uh, there's, there's only a, the one, others are only one that can travel? Can, He's the only one that can travel. It's uh, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting yep. there. It's uh. Thank you, gentlemen, and thanks. You know, it's it's it's. It, it, but you're right, though. It's it's a little bit of a weird memorial because I, I I hate to say it, but yes, they fought and they fought bravely and died very bravely. But unfortunately, it was such a brutal attack and such a surprise that uh, they're 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 best known for the numbers in which they died. Yeah, and it's like Pearl Harbor. We don't we we rec- we're recognizing what happened at Pearl Harbor. We're not really recognizing the fact that we won eventually. That's when we celebrate D Day and VE Day and VJ Day, because yeah. those come up and people talk about those as well. Where this is really like you know, oh by the way, like a whole bunch of people got killed. Yeah, that's that's a little tough. I mean, it's important to remember though. I mean, it's it, uh, but but it it's as as you know, this is the sort of thing that always gets me. When you start telling me, yeah, we're down to the last few. It's always amazing, though, how long these gentlemen and ladies last. I mean, I was shocked. It was only just a few years ago that we lost the, the final combat veteran from World War One. Yeah. Wow. Well, that, yeah, it was, all it takes is one person to live to be, you know, 110 or something. Well, right? but also because, kind of well, it was the case with my father. We think of war as something people go to at age you know, 18 or 19. Some of these guys, uh, Richard Dawson, of all people, joined the, joined the Merchant Marine when he was 15. That, Richard Dawson, if you don't know, uh, kids, was a, uh, oh, right. a television sure. host on Family Feud who molested women on the air. <laughs> it, he by would just, not have done just, well in the hashtag ah, Kissing and, and hugging, like, yeah, it was a... Yeah, but he was also he had an a, approach. One of the stars of <laughs> Hogan's Uncle Heroes. But <laughs> yeah. he, he joined the Merchant Marine when he was 15 years wow. old, and he, he made quite a little bit of money during World War II as a prize fighting boxer. Uh, he was also the bad guy in Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Running Man. Wow, he had quite a diverse life. Forgot about life. Running Man. Yeah, he had, he had a really diverse life, didn't he? Merchant it's, Marine. It, Merchant Marine. Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> you know, that laugh fest. Back when, back when we made fun of Nazis like that. Um, right. And, uh, uh, yeah, and then he did, he was a game show host for, geez, years and years. Ten years. Several years, yeah, a decade or so during the 70s there. And then um, he did he did some TV stuff, or some movie stuff and TV stuff too. And, yeah, he was the um, Killian. What? No, what was his name? On... On on the Running Man because uh, that sounds that's right. right. It was Killian, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Schwarzenegger yeah. says Killian, I'm coming. You know, I'm coming for you. I'm like when uh, kind of late in the movie when Schwarzenegger realizes that he's you know <laughs> he's got like it's Radon Chong, right? Yep, that's sounds with right. Him, right, Radon Chong no, is with Radon Chong is in uh, Commando. Well, that's in Commando. Who's the? Oh, the, it's the she's it's, uh, uh, yeah, dark uh, hair. Uh huh. Yeah, like a Spanish. Just, yeah, she's. 
Yeah, I pulled a commando reference on a Saturday a... morning. I'm really just Maria Conchita Alonso. That's it. Okay, that's there you her. Go. Wow. <laughs> It's a three-word three, name. It's a three-word name. Yeah. Schwartzy had a had a thing for. <laughs> oh yes. Oh well. She, if, if you word, see the if you see the housemaid, if you see the housemaid that wrecked his marriage. No. Had let's be tonight. fair. He wrecked his marriage. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Of course. She was That's the accomplished. Yeah. But he. Yeah. If you he see, did plenty if of you that. See the, <laughs> yeah. If, if you if you see the uh, woman that he chose to be with when he ruined his marriage. Yes. <laughs> I love the phrasing of that. Oh, uh, uh, not to be confused with Maria Conchita Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, the other one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he with he had a definite features. type. Has a type. She looks like a skull with like <laughs> latex pulled taut over it. She had a really well defined bony face. Angular. Yeah, she, she, she was, was very angular. angular. Um. Uh. While I'm thinking about this here, I fulfilled Capers Covert this week. Are you? Are you? I have something you for have you, Mike. Woo-hoo! There's your contributor copy for making the map. You know, I, I uh, when I went in to buy mine with my discount, mm-hmm. I, I was going to buy three, and then I thought, well, wait a minute, Craig's probably going to bring me one, so I backed out and changed it to two. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how I do this. I. I <laughs> Contributors all get a copy. They all get the PDFs, and they all get a. I, I ship them a physical copy too, um, which means I'm going to be shipping a copy to Brazil. Ooh. That's going to be interesting because Brazil's um, mail system is messed up. It's incredibly corrupt, and there's no guarantee that my package is going to get there. <laughs> uh oh. So I might end up having to resend or. I don't know. Well, well you have happens. also fired them off into the holiday maelstrom. Yeah, and I'm not overly worried about that. I've I've done that in the past too, but this is literally the first time that I am per- like that's not. I I may have had Brazil, um, you know, Brazilian folks who back stuff in the past, and they ordered how their many book and everything. A Brazilian, um, oh. a lot. Believe it or not, that's a lot of backers. That's a, that's a lot of backers from South America. Congratulations. Um, Joke never gets old. No, it doesn't. It and- really doesn't. <laughs> And, uh, but, but like, this is the first time that I personally have had to like, okay, I've got a contributor who helped me out with something and I'm going to send him a copy and he's in Brazil and I sure hope it gets there and Fingers I'm going to send it. And if it makes it there, that's great. And I'm, and then if I, it, uh, if it doesn't, if he says, well, I never got it, I'll be like, okay, I'll send it again. Then I'm going to send it again. And if it doesn't get there, I'm going to take it to an, take it to Gen Con and hand it to him. There you go. <laughs> Cause he comes up to, uh, Gen Con every year. Uh yeah, so there's that, and then uh, and then I'm doing another Kickstarter in January. That's gonna be to make a hardcover, nice printing press, like actual print shop offset print run set of or uh, uh, hardcover of capers if I can. Wow, this one might fail. This one might not make it. There might not be enough people who want that. I'll get one of those, but I'll give it a shot. I'll get so several it, of those. Is, will it be all the capers or? Uh, just the, the just, just the core book because what's going to happen is Covert just finished. Offworld is going to go to Kickstarter early next year as well. After this, like this, this should be a pretty quick turnaround. There's nothing to do other than print the book. So okay. like the Kickstarter runs. If it succeeds, if I make enough money and more importantly enough backers who want to get uh, the the book, then um, I can like I can send it off to print immediately. I can put my deposit down. I can cover the deposit myself even before I get my funds 
and then get the printing underway and, and that'll take you know four to eight weeks depending on their uh their load and then it's i'm printing in the u.s so the shipping won't take a whole another month plus or anything and this i could ho- hopefully i can turn this thing over in about two months people will have their book like right away because it's like nothing has to be done <laughs> just just have to format it for their press which will all happen before between between now and then so the the issue is getting 200 backers who want the book there'll be backer tiers for pdfs and other stuff too and then i'm doing i'm not doing any of the supplements in there i'm gonna keep that and then i'm making a note in this kickstarter saying the supplements will be available you'll be able to get any or all of them on another kickstarter that's coming soon this is, yeah, I, this, I, is, this I, is really I, for the book. I will tell you. It needs to, it needs to, focus, it needs to focus strongly on the book because I need numbers. It's mm-hmm. less about the money. I know I can work the money if I get the numbers. I need like 200 backers because that's 200 units. And then I can buy two to 300 units myself and get a low enough unit price to actually make the thing. If I only get 150 backers, that starts to make a higher unit price. Or... I have to buy so many more copies myself to bring the unit price down, and now I'm spending money out of pocket. I, uh, I, I, I've made this comment before that Kickstarter, well, actually the whole creation of board games and books in this fashion is a black box to me that I find very interesting. Um, so you're saying that getting into uh, the, the, the hardback print isn't, isn't a particularly big jump? Um, well, here's the thing. Uh, you want to know the numbers? We'll t- we can talk the numbers briefly. Printing a print-on-demand book, mm-hmm. color, 164 pages, hardcover, runs mm-hmm. me now about 15 bucks. I sell it for 35, plus shipping that the you know that the purchaser pays for, obviously. And then Drive Through RPG gets their cut if I sell it through there. Now I can order for myself and have them you know send send copies to me. I can put copies in stores. I can put copies in. Um, in conventions, but I'm sp- I'm paying fifteen dollars plus the shipping, which will be like a buck or so if you order a whole bunch at once. And the the cost is uh, that fifteen dollars is nigh unto impossible for me to make a profit putting it into distribution because distributors buy it for so much less. So by the yes. time I get my share back, I make thirty cents per mm-hmm. book. Or I lose money in some cases. Um, Those aren't physical checks that you have to endorse, right? No, <laughs> like one check like at Jerry a time. Seinfeld no. with his <laughs> two cent checks from no. Japan crippled what, his hand. What happens though is that the 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 nice thing about doing the print run like this is that if I can get the whole thing done off of backer money, everybody gets their book, and then the you know, and so some of that money goes to get the printing and the shipping and everything done and everybody gets their book and then some of it would be the quote-unquote profit to me which i'm using to make to get more books printed and shipped and then those go to for example a distrib uh, uh, to uh, studio two publishing to put into distribution and now my book cost is zero hmm. not fifteen dollars just for that run of books that i got done through the kickstarter after that, if I wanted more, I'd have to put more money into it, and I might have to pay eleven bucks and change or twelve bucks and change for a book. But if I'm paying eleven or twelve or thirteen dollars per book, that's better than fifteen yeah. and change. No, so I'm actually I'm actually making three dollars thirty cents. I make yeah. a couple bucks, <laughs> yeah, per unit. And it's like the distribution thing is like I've always the only way you make money off of that is in bulk. 
The, only, the reason I'm doing mm -hmm. is it because it puts the game in more people's hands. Like, it's a little bit of work on my end. It's not terribly difficult to, to, to do. And it puts the game in people's hands. It gets the game exposure, but put it, puts it on the shelf in, in stores. Um, and, and, but and the, my, the, my big sales are always drive through RPG and conventions. Those are much better sales for me. Better, sure. better numbers. Oh, well, I think, I think, I, you know, I, you, you'd know far better than I, but my impression is that, you know, I've got an iPad that is filled with war game books. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have, I, I literally have zero interest in owning a physical book of war game rules <laughs> for a variety, for a variety of reasons. Well, the wall um, that you have in, in, in your house that would be bookshelves to house those books is your TV. <laughs> right? And if you turn, if you look to the left <laughs> from that wall, you're correct about that. You'll see, my, you'll, you will see my two Calac shelves of board games. <laughs> One of which is just for my Napoleonic board games. Um, so, so, yeah, but I was really particularly interested in the technical aspect. Is it... I mean, is it really just send and print and you get a proof copy back? I was always worried that there'd be some buggery that goes on well, and as that's, you move from that's PDF my, to a hard drive. Right. That's my worry as well. Here's, here's the way it works. Um, and different places do different things. There are some places where you can literally, like, they will run a print cop. They will run a printed single proof and ship it to you for 100 bucks or something. Mm -hmm. Because they, they have to, well, they have to do all the, there's, okay. Back up a little bit. For printing presses, there's two, there's two charges. There's pre-press, where they make the plates. Now, it's yes. not a big metal plate. It's usually an acrylic kind of thing or a plasticky kind of thing. But it's, you know, it's, there's one for, and you've got a four-color book, CMYK, you know. So you've got four plates. For every page. For every page to, pr to lay down the four colors to make the, the color book. Yep. Um, and so they have to make those plates. And once those plates are made, they keep them. And so I can get additional print runs and not have to pay that again. Then there's the print run itself, which is actually putting it through the printing press, printing out all the pages, chopping it all up, sewing it all together with a hardcover binding, what they call Smythe sewing um, binding, which is what you see on most really good hardcover books where like, if you look in the binding at the edge of the book, it's like clumps of 16 or so pages are all clumped together and they're sewn together. And then the, all of those little clumps are all sewn together with like a little jacket. That goes around it. And then the hardcover goes around that. And that's what it allows everything to lay flat on the table. Because it's not, uh, it's not going to, and it, it, it's what keeps it from all pulling out. If it's like glued in binding, wants to pull out, you know, individual pages will just pull out of the glue. So you can get a physical print for, for, from some places. What the, pl the place that I'm using will be doing is they, they do, uh, well, they give you the specs for the, or, you know, what the files need to be, you send those. They check them like crazy. They'll make sure that the, yes. the files are exactly what they need to be, like, because they don't want to, and um, they don't want to have to, you know, they don't want to screw it up. Um, then they run half of the print run, and they pull a few random copies from that print run, and they send those to me to proof. Yes. If there are problems, then they have to start over on the print run. I'm not sure what that turns into, <laughs> but I'm sure oh, it's oh, no, oh, okay, okay, sorry, back up. <laughs> um, I send the files in, they make sure that they're all correct, and then they send me, they basically send me a hardcover print, a, a print of what the hardcover is going to look like, and then, a, and then a, a print of like eight 
or 16 pages from inside that they do on a special printer that will, it's a, it's a laser printer, so it's cheap. They can just print these things off and send it to you. It's not going to cost me a bunch of money. It's part of the process. But the, um, the printing that's done through this laser printer is so good that it will come very, very close to the color that you will actually see in the printing press, which is not laser printing. It's a printing press, mm. ink being applied to paper. Yep. And so you'll be able to check the color to say, oh, that's what the color is going to look like. And if it's too dark or too light, then you can adjust your files to get lighter or darker color. And then they'll pr- prove it again and do all that. Then they do the whole, they do half the print run. They send you a, a few books randomly pulled. If everything's good, they run the rest of the, the books. They also do what's called overruns which is they always run a few more copies than they're expecting than, than, than the order is for because there can sometimes end up being something damaged um, in the process of getting it bound. They could end up with like, you know, one page got shifted weird yep. and got bound into, you know, a book or, or multiple books or whatever, you know, weird. There's, uh, uh, so there's, there's always the possibility of a handful of the books being wrong. So they overrun. Um, so that they can replace those. And then any of the additional beyond that, they can always, they can also, what they do is they, they will take overrun orders where like, like if you want, we will, in, we will increase the print run by 5% super cheap. Like basically just paying for the, they're not getting any profit off it. Right. You know, like they're, they're going to maybe a buck, you know, like they're, they're going to pay it. It's going to be super cheap because that way they they know they've got enough over in case some of it, some of them get screwed up. And then they'll also give you the extra. That, yes. that are part of that overrun. Um, so you'll get those a little cheaper. So that, I can, that will actually bring your overall per unit price down a touch. Yeah. Depending on how many of those overruns actually become your copies. Hmm. So that's the technicalities of it. And then they, you know, they, they freight ship it and they can do drop shipping where they can send, you know, 100 copies to that location, 150 copies to that location. So I can have some sent to me, some sent to the IGDN people. You mentioned those, um, the acrylic plates that they use mm-hmm. for the, the, the four color printing. Mm-hmm. Um, second job I ever had summer between high school and college. So this was full-time work for at three a, months at a print pre- print house. Yeah. Really? At a print shop downtown Racine. So you toyed around with those plates. You saw, them, no, really. I saw them though. You I just, saw you know, them. wasn't allowed to touch the printing presses. <laughs> they had four of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so three months of full-time work to make money to take with me to college to the, to then blow in the first three weeks of yeah, the fall semester. That's like, how it works. Like you do. Because you're a madman when you yeah, first you're like, go to college and you have no money management no, skills. No, no adult supervision. <laughs> and there's a party every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Yeah, there's a you know, there's everything you could possibly want within a few blocks walk of where you're living. and <clears throat> Yeah, it wasn't quite that bad. I think I made it through the middle of... I think I made it, we had quarters, we didn't have semesters, we had quarters, I think I made it through fall and winter quarter, and then I had to get a job. And thus began my career in custodial sciences. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but anyway, back at the print shop, so they had four four-color offset printers, and then they, you know, whatever ancillary equipment that goes along. Yeah, the binding the equipment and all that. Sure. And one of the and things... And the paper cutter. Yeah. Oh, the paper the cutter. Shunk. Yeah. Two, two blades come down on the side. And and one big long and one. one big long one on the yeah, front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> After that, and it, yeah, and the guy who ran it, you know, cut it all off. Didn't quite have all of all of his fingers. <laughs> and uh, for the record, if you were wondering, um, getting printed end pages. His and, name was Ken. I remember. <laughs> I remember his name. 
adding printed end pages and inside covers incredibly inexpensive um changing <laughs> changing your cover to uh you know, like from a matte finish to a matte finish with gloss or doing like a leatherette with a foil stamp kind of thing and everything not terribly expensive putting a single satin ribbon in expensive wow because those get glued in by hand hmm. i asked about really that. yep really those, we those, haven't automated that ribbon bookmark. Not at this particular um, printer. Oh, I'll just say who it is. It's Jostens, so they know what they're doing. The yearbook people. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that 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 yeah, I put two ribbons in there. It's costing me like a buck a ribbon per unit. <laughs> huh. Wow. Huh. Of all the things, I would not have guessed that. Well, anyway, yep. at this at this <laughs> print shop, and now and and now that. Like a few minutes have gone by, my memory is doing playing tricks on me, and I'm not sure if it was. So it was this old like warehousey type brick building in the downtown area by the, down by the river, <laughs> and <laughs> sure. so the main floor was the operation. Like it had the print shop, and it had you know some like the front office area, and you know restrooms and break room and all that kind of stuff, and um. And there was an upstairs that was storage, and I now I'm remember, remembering there was a basement, and I'm not sure where the, the 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 plates were stored, but they took up the entire floor, either the top floor upstairs above or, or the basement That's where they below. Kept all the plates, yeah. yeah, it was like the whole floor and they was probably, storage for and those and they probably only keep those plates for a certain amount of time. It's probably right. in the contract that they'll keep the plates for a few, like a, a few years. You have to get your next print run within like five years or something like that, and then they throw the plates out. Or they recycle them if that's possible. Yeah, who knows? Um, so there you go. That's how that works. How you doing, Jim? We want to talk about other stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. No, I, I enjoy this stuff actually a lot. I find it, <laughs> find it fascinating. Um, I do. Yeah. I've had such a pile of questions. Um, the person, my, my contact at Jostens has been really patient and very informative. But by the time I get done working this one out, I'm not going to have to ask anything. The next time I do this, I just, I'll be like, okay, I, this is what I, just, I need. I made a little, I made a spreadsheet calculator <laughs> that works out an entire Kickstarter breakdown. How many backers at this level? How many backers at this level? How much money that means? Take off the 10% that I give to Kickstarter. Take off a, a buffer to cover expenditures that might crop up on me. Okay, now I've got f- shipping and fulfillment. <laughs> I, sh- I want to print this this many more books. Add those all together. How much did it cost to do all, to make the book, all the artwork, editing, and all that, work that all in there. Compare my my uh my profit versus what it cost me to print you know say 200 books more or 300 books more and compare those two numbers and make sure that they're close <laughs> and and i absolutely i i pretty sweet. <laughs> i know you love what you're doing and that's what i'm sure what drives you because i know it's not to buy the palatial estate that capers <laughs> get this. my get my sweet capers yacht yes <laughs> Your me- no 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 mega yacht this is capers mega yacht yeah. there you go well that's what I'm but, hoping to get off of this Kickstarter I got a yacht I got a yacht yacht a regular yacht off of the first a mere a mere yacht you've got a Judge Smales yacht <laughs> it's easy you know, to grin but, when your ship you, comes you, in you, <laughs> and you think you've got the stock market beat <laughs> I was I was I was thinking of you and this process as I often do because. Well, right, just very quickly, this week, um, a Kickstarter that I backed two years ago for a card game fulfilled. Oh, wow. Why did it take two years to fulfill a card game? Yeah, the guys had no idea what they were doing. 
And they said so. They said, we had no idea <laughs> about this part of the process, this back and forth with the printer, oh. this, oh my God, that's wrong. And probably a um, China printer. So they pulled a Benny off and Weiss. Yes. <laughs> they sat yeah. down for an interview and said, yeah, we had no clue. Yeah, we, that's, they, and then they, they got fired if, from Star Wars. If you look at the, if you look at the, uh, the, the communication on the backer kit for this game, it's, it's about six months into after the period after they fulfill, they, uh, got their money. They're already saying, okay, I know we said it was going to be this date. It is never going to be that date. We are sorry. And they've been and, apologizing for a year and a half. Uh, two years. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, total. Yeah. So it finally fulfilled. It's very nice. They did a wonderful job, and they uh, they admitted that the next time they'll do better. And then I'm comparing this to the fact that Steve Jackson's Car Wars is heading into its sixth edition. <laughs> now, bear in mind that Car Wars for Little Jim when he was in high school, and I don't know if either of you gentlemen have played the original Car Wars. I have not was a game that came in a plastic hard box. It was released, I think, in 80 or 81. And it was no bigger than probably six by five in this hard pack box. Sure. And the and the cars were pieces of cardboard Little that you chits. had to cut, yeah. cut. No, they weren't even. You had to cut them out of a sheet. <laughs> I wish they were things you could have punched out. My My scissor skills would not have been put to the test. And you moved them along graph paper that you had to fold out and tape down, <laughs> you know. And and it was it was a system that you. And the thing was, you built your car and then took it into battle, and you spent a day sitting with this very spreadsheet, like although no computers, so you're doing a pen and paper. You're mm-hmm. writing down all the stats of your car, how much it weighs, what its engine plant is, what the weapons are, what the armor is. And your car is still always this little chit that isn't an inch wide. And so you've got all these stats, and then you put out the mat, and all the cool kids look over at you at the corner near the wall and go, nerds! And you're, you're sitting there, and you move. You move your car typically, because everybody moves simultaneously. That was the genius of the system. Everybody is moving based on their speed roughly a quarter of an inch at a time. Yeah, one one square on the graph paper. Right. Yeah. Sure. And and but but because it was, you know, you could move orthogonally, you could move freely, they had a turn key that you had to use if you were off the grid. If you were askew from the grid. <laughs> so this was this game, and I think it probably cost I think five bucks, six bucks. So we I played it. I played this stupid sophomore junior year in high school. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I pl- I have so many cars that I designed everything, and they they eventually did trucks, and and this was a huge hit for them, much like Munchkin is now. Right. Uh, this was their game. Well, now they're go they they for some reason I actually disapprove, but that's because I'm old. They they are doing a thing um, in plastic, and they're doing one sixty fourth scale cars. They're making toys. Sure. They in a currently giant, in a giant sit- box. They currently sit just a bit short of a half a million dollars on Kickstarter. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's what they need to make those. Is that like yeah. Matchbox Hot Wheels size? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's Matchbox scale. Because that's what we all wanted to play Car Wars at as we got older. We realized, holy crap, we can kit bash our Hot Wheels cars. <laughs> <laughs> holy crap. 
you know, um, dude, <laughs> dude, do, oh, go get that one car you like so much. And we're going to hot glue or crazy glue this <laughs> thing we stole from Warhammer 40K on the roof. And while we're doing it, we might get a little high. <laughs> a little high. Um, <laughs> but no, we, uh, so, so now I'm just, and of course, what they're doing, and, and Steve Jackson has proven a master of this, everything is a stretch goal. You know, every about, I think it's about 10 grand or 15 grand is a stretch goal. Yeah. And so he's got like pieces and parts and extra cars and road tiles and all this stuff. And I'm going, who's keeping track of this? <laughs> there is somebody working for him that that is all they're doing. Right. That's, right, how, clearly. that's how that works for these big, these, these gigantic Kickstarters. You know, and I'm just like, so, so yeah, I, I, and, and it's, and it's all the, and, and look, I got their fantasy trip, another one of their old, old games from the eighties that they rebooted. They did a magnificent job of it. I love this thing. Um, it's very, I, I forgot how old school it was. Um, and, and gaming has changed, let me tell you. But when you throw minis into this mix, you know, they're they're showing, yeah, we've already got some CAD renders done. So they're going to be dealing with some Chinese company dealing with CAD renders and getting um, miniatures shipped back and forth so they can inspect them and make sure that they're up. And then all the printing and then all the mats and then, oh, my God. No, not this boy. But but it's what they do. Well, speaking of uh, nerdy car stuff. Yes. Uh, Jim, did you listen to last week's episode? Uh, no, I was actually going to do that to yesterday and I didn't get around to it. Okay, that's fine. We, uh, we talked about, um, the Mandalorian a little bit and I made okay. some joke, really bad jokes. Because it has the word DeLorean in it. I, they were, what's, ah, what's, very good. what's the difference between a Mandalorian and a woman DeLorean? I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you the best one or the one that, um, the only one that got laughs anyway. <laughs> uh, a Mandalorian has a stick shift. A woman DeLorean has one of those little knobs you have to fiddle with. <laughs> That was the best one you say. That was yes. the best one. And then James no, came no, no, up no. with No 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 no. That was not just the best one. That was the one that got the, <laughs> the laugh. laughs. <laughs> Out of six. And then James said the uh, the Mandalorian leaves skid marks. The woman Delorean doesn't. <laughs> okay, so I And I'm like, how did I not think of that one? Um but anyway, so I I mentioned I you know, I I tried looking that up. Like I came up with some jokes on my own and I tried googling for more and I couldn't find anything. And I tried all the different spellings that, you know, you could get different combinations. And I, I failed to mention that the one thing consistently that comes up if you if you do man DeLorean spelled like the car. And I'm going to do it right now on the uh, on the Google so Craig can see is uh, pictures of um, somebody in. Th these are at cons, I guess, like a Boba Fett costume standing by a DeLorean. Yes. <laughs> and of course, now People are do it. It's all elf on the shelf stuff. Well, now it's uh oh, it's it respelled it for me. Hang on a second. This is exciting. Everybody, oh, go just... to your Google machine and type in "man space DeLorean." DeLorean, but like the car, spelled like the car. Okay. Well, anyway, you'll have to take my word for it. Months. Oh, here it is. Months ago, <laughs> there was. Yeah, so it's like Boba Fett standing standing by DeLorean. But there's a whole bunch of these that come up, and some of them are Back to the Future DeLoreans, and some of them are like this, where they're just regular cars. This one, I like it, has a New York plate, 88 miles. That's fun. So anyway, and then the other uh, the other bit of uh, follow-up news that I had was that uh, 
I and I said this to James and then I, uh, separately, and and he and he said no, that's that's not the case. And I and then I said it on the show in front of James and Larry and Craig, and they they all said no, that's not the case. Um, so I looked it up, and yes, I was right. Jeff Goldblum was in fact in Guardians of the Galaxy two as the the Grandmaster. Very briefly, I knew I remembered him. Okay. In another one of those. Congratulations. Movies. I was right. You were wrong. <laughs> What's news, Craig? Good for you. <laughs> Everyone insisted, no, he's never been in a movie, in one of these movies before. We didn't insist. We said one time, I don't think that's the case. We didn't go like, that's okay. not possible. We well, didn't... okay. James said it twice. <laughs> well, James has a forceful voice. <laughs> he sounds really adamant when he says stuff. <laughs> and he, anyway. And he points at you. <laughs> He points at you. Yeah, and, he does. And he gets the bug eyes. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Which is why he's good as, as a uh, officer uh, in the army telling people what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lego. What's news? Um, Lego, Lego is, you know, hitting up their, getting, they, their, getting their Star Wars on again now oh, because the next I thought you were going to say, uh, I, I heard they had branched into dentistry. No, we're not talking about that. That's boring. <laughs> I'm getting a root canal and a crown. Whoop de doo. It's so like a Lego, little Lego in your in your mouth. So Lego, they're doing they've got a Rise of Skywalker Resistance A Wing Starfighter that comes with, get this, Lieutenant Connix and Snap Wexley. Do you know who Snap Wexley is? Yeah, that's uh that's uh, JJ's buddy, uh guy with the beard that was on Lost. <laughs> he was, so the, he was pilot the pilot on Lost. Yeah, he yeah. was the cop. Grunberg, Greg Grunberg, who wow. plays, who has like, I remembered who's his name. in like he's in, he'll be in a scene where they're walking around, and then he'll be like they'll have cockpit shots of him like twice in in the in in an episode, yeah, because he's in everything J.J. Abrams does, and he's getting a freaking minifig. <laughs> well, good for him. He's barely in the movie. Does Wedge he's have got, a, he's does got Wedge have a minifig? <laughs> His... Oh, I can't believe Wedge doesn't have a Lego minifig. Come on. So anyway, you can get the A wing. The A wing's cool. The little resistance A wing, green and white, looks cool. Um, and then, kind of, probably the coolest one that they they've got. It's a relatively small set, but it's it's Yoda's hut. Yeah. Um, so it comes with a Luke and a Yoda and an R two D two, and then it's like the little hut, you know? Sure. Um, with the where like, Luke little, kept with, banging his with, head with the little round door, and it's got like trees and and vines and stuff and all that kind of thing. Um, that's a neat little set. And then this one's just kind of weird. They have a a New Hope Death Star Cannon kit. What do you imagine is in the Death Star Cannon kit? It's a big long tube and a little like computer station with with that video editing lever and uh, and the platform with no ra- with no OSHA railing where they they were just standing there. And what minifig goes in this kit? It's it's one of those. Uh, one of those Death Star workers with the black outfit with and the, the big and the, weird helmet. The helmet with the really long slopes off in the back. Pointy helmet yeah, in the back. That's what it is. It's a cannon that's pointing out a window, basically. <laughs> um that's that pivots. And then it's that. Oh, guy. it's like the, the radial kind of design window. It's octagonal Some essentially. Kind of window. Just, don't worry about it. Um with that little with that minifig. You know, a space window. <laughs> sure. With that <laughs> With that minifig, which is cool. And then connected to it is another piece of Death Star equipment, which is the, 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 the control area thing that hangs out off the edge of the bridge that Obi-Wan goes to press the lever down and turn off the, the, the tractor beam. 
Oh, okay. Cut yeah. the power to the tractor beam. That is oh, connected so oh, to oh, the so you're cannon. talking four. Okay, I get that's, it. That's yeah, New Hope. That's connected to the cannon. He doesn't power down the Death Star cannon. No, when he, he powers down the, the shields. He powers no, down. No, he's powered down the tractor, the tractor beam. beam so they oh, can't yeah, yeah, yank yeah, him yeah, back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the it com- beam. and it comes with Obi-Wan Kenobi, of course. But that like why is that connected to the cannon? Cannon. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and but... there's no bridge. It's just literally the round platform that he walks around on that he has to kind of hug. You know, tight to, and then go around, and there's a little lever. You can actually put the lever up and down. It's like, uh, why? That that's not. That's not what this stuff. He was in some kind of like (laughs) like giant shaft. That it was a big big vertical shaft. It was a big thing in the middle, hanging out in the middle of it. Like one of those shafts that the emperor gets thrown down. Yeah, at the end of episode six. Something you might those highly unsafe death (laughs) death dealing shafts we're so familiar with in all modern constructions. Well, the great thing about (laughs) the great thing about putting those two those those two uh, sets together from the two movies is we can run on the assumption that not only did Darth Vader pick up the Emperor and throw him down the shaft, and we saw the Emperor go down the shaft, but somewhere on his way down, he hit that control thing. That Obi Wan after around with that there was a a bridge going across there with this thing this 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 tumor that stuck out on the side of control stuff that you have to walk around on and he was ah, boom you know and maybe wham and then it made him start spinning violently <laughs> and maybe there's more than one of those boing 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 like Homer Simpson falling, falling down, down the mountain down a, down a mountain sure <laughs> and we never get to see that now robot chicken people. <laughs> there's an idea <laughs> please please give us that scene where the emperor is falling down he hits that thing and just keeps hitting these well bridge, he, he needs to hit that thing there needs catwalks to be, and platforms well, and more things. importantly there needs to be two stormtroopers standing there and the and he needs to hit that and make a sound and the two stormtroopers need to go what was that like <laughs> just like obi-wan did the little trick on right <laughs> It's like the same two stormtroopers, except not really because they died in the first star, first Death Star. But yeah, so anyway, that's that's your Lego. I, I am I am the wrong guy on this because seventy five seven fifty one fifty nine, which is the uh, Lego Star Wars set for the Death Star. Yeah, this sort of thing from my childhood drove me insane because it's so completely out of scale. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. It's like there's no, this is not that small. It is not that small. Yeah, and, and, and they're all like, "Oh, it's it's thirty five hundred bricks." I don't care. This is this is not the Death Star in a closet. No, it's it's the yeah, size of a small moon. Yeah, I know, I know. It, it should be. It should take up the you whole saw the of your Falcon house. Fly into it. I saw the scale of this thing. Also, it has to have the plumbing in it because that's the real kicker for a for a space station that size. <laughs> how you. does the plumbing function? Jeez. I'm telling you. <laughs> Oh, well, not just that, but wastewater for shower facilities. <laughs> what happens if uh, too many people flush the toilet at once? I t- I've argued that that would have been a more effective plan than the one they came up with. Death Star starts spinning the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, up the, it jacks up the magnetic field that keeps it aloft. Uh-oh, the pole's shifting again. Who flushed Whoa. the toilet? Everybody gets thrown against an outer wall. <laughs> and suddenly it's an episode of Star Centrifuge. Trek. No, there you go. Oh, hey, Star Wars Legos. What else is news? Oh, boy. Uh, China has created pig-monkey hybrids in a genetics lab. <sighs> Told you you'd like this, Jim. 
Yeah. Oh god. Oh god. Yeah. Because uh, they could. Uh, yeah, they want to. Uh, so what makes it extra? I mean, does it just does it make extra good bacon, or like what's what's the benefit of pig monkey? This is this is a a, a way to be uh, to custom grow human organs for transplant in the future. Oh, okay. Because the pig yeah, genetics are similar enough, are, yeah, yeah. and I guess if you cross them with monkeys, it makes it even better. Because we're <laughs> is it, well, is it monkeys? monkeys? Is it monkeys or is it apes? Is it... They used cynomolgus oh, <laughs> monkeys. Okay, so monkey monkeys, not apes. Right, monkey monkey. <laughs> monkey 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 monkey. What kind of monkey? A monkey monkey. Who's got a monkey? I've got one. I hit my monkey just for fun. Monkey 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 monkey. No, I'm, I'm thinking much more of Perry Perry Grips. What is it? Baby monkey, baby monkey, riding on a pig. Baby monkey, which is which we, is now a Baby Yoda thing. Anyway, sorry. <clears throat> I'm already riding Why? Baby Yoda. Riding I'm on a pig. So tired of Baby Yoda. How appropriate but, for this story. Enjoy your baby Yoda, everybody. I just don't get it. <laughs> it's not really. No, I, it's not really Yoda. Well, it's, He's oh, you don't get. Oh, come on. Yoda. You get it. You I get know. it completely. You get it completely. This is simple. This is. And I saw. I've seen. I've seen people write this. <laughs> oh, Star Wars! Something in Star Wars that doesn't suck! Hooray! Star Wars is back! Hooray! Everybody cradling their boxes of Wookie poo have come emerging <laughs> into the street, going, "I told you this show doesn't suck. I told you Star Wars is awesome the because man- they know the last movie is going to suck, and they're scared to death." No, it's not going to suck. It's going to suck yes, for them because they have set their expectations in a certain place. This no, it's it's suck. objectively I, going to suck. Yeah, <laughs> just like the last one, but probably yeah. not as much. The last? No, I, I sincerely doubt it could suck that badly, but it's going to suck. <laughs> J.J. Abrams will will completely, dial the suck back a completely little. Completely and utterly disagree. Moving on. Oh my God! In the minority. You are so wrong about that. Oh, I'm not even close to in the minority. There are lots and lots of people. You, I am not in the no, vocal you are, no, you, you minority. Are, you are objectively in the minority. Oh, no. About that. no, you are. In, you're. It's a very vocal minority. Really? Did you? Did yeah. you? Did you? Did you? Um. I don't need to. I don't need to do what you're about to say. There's no such thing as a poll. Every, you people did you who poll, are humping the did dream. Did you poll every go, single go Star Wars self. watcher? So, so you're when you poll every single one, no, you when just you, polled the people just who look are at being numbers. vocal look on at the, the internet. Numbers. You, they the, got no comeback business. Vocal on none. the internet, when, none. So when you cross mm-hmm. a monkey and a pig, you get Baby Yoda. I think that's yes. where the story is going. Riding on a pig, Baby Yoda. <laughs> the animals had only a small amount of monkey DNA. It says monkey, monkey DNA, not ape. Concentrated in the heart, liver, spleen, lungs, and skin cells. They are now trying to create healthy animals with a higher proportion of monkey cells because the ones that they made died right away. So, okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was so distracted. What? what why are they doing this? For, uh, to incubate human-compatible organs in pig hosts. So they're adding the, the monkey DNA yeah, to pigs. Yeah, that pig thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So they're not really pig monkey hybrids. They're just pigs with monkey DNA. Although, so but the picture they give you are these cute little baby monkeys. <laughs> see, see, here's the thing, and and this is this is where it gets boring and governmental, I guess. But I, it is clear to me that much like yeah, shoot, I've admitted that the printing of a role playing game and a Kickstarter is a black box to me. Imagine what a black box the genetic mutation of primates is you know i i don't well, do i don't you, know what the do rules the, here are do the research man take a class yeah right because that's how that works bitching about being in a black box and not knowing anything 
Get up to speed. You're a well-read guy. Go buy a book. <laughs> There's probably something, right? That'll probably make me an expert because experts are all over the internet. Clearly, that's where they've come from. But my my hope is always you can get been, anything on the internet. We could get yeah. Andy, we could get Andy's dad to come back on here and talk about genetics. And it's and and I or on Dr. one Warren. hand I try very hard never like for example I hate hate viscerally the people that are scared of of genetic uh, of GMO foods. Yeah. It's like, no, that's called genetic modification. We've been doing it for hundreds of years. Thank you. Yes. Grow up. <laughs> Your Frankenfood garbage makes me mad. We have saved lives objectively. We have saved lives not only by increasing crop yields, but we've saved lives by decreasing our reliance on pesticides. So please stop your nonsense. So I try never to be that. But at the same time, it's like, should we be? Is this, are we, is this being, and the fact that it's going on in a country that maybe doesn't always have the screws down on the whole ethical science thing just gives me pause to go, please, 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 please. These are not our overlords, please. Well, it, it, you pointed out, you know, that it's in China, but uh, this article says it's a uh, this this is a f- uh, following up work done by Juan Carlos is Pizua Belmonte in at California's Salk Institute two years ago, where they okay. made pig human hybrids, and people had a problem with that because uh, they they thought they could have partly human brains. I think we we covered that on this show. That seems oddly familiar. Yeah. So, okay. All right. I hope it's okay. I hope so. It's yeah. Okay. His his team is now helping the Chinese. Uh, mm. <laughs> Juan Carlos is Pizua Belmonte. He has well, four it's... names, so he does not get to co-star with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> well, and I, I will I will say that when when you look at look my my you know a little bit of personal information, my brother was waiting for many many years for a uh, liver transplant cancer and there aren't enough people who donate their organs for some reason we think we're going to do something in the with them in the next life and so we go to the grave with them installed in our person and people who are alive don't get to use them huh and so if they're coming up with a way to be able to craft them i suppose that's that that's worthy that's worthy i just they make it kind of easy it's on your driver's license i i will don't don't you check a box that will be a rant that unfortunately isn't funny because yeah. because it's it's I'll go so far as to say it's a moral obligation to do it. I I I'm I have strong libertarian leanings, but I'm almost to the point where I think I would let the government just do it. I I, well, I there's no reason with not that. to. Why not? Right, especially look. I've I've seen you know I've seen people die because they don't have them, and I'm like, well, this is now life or death, and you don't have any use for it. Yeah. You have zero use. It's easy to sign up for. <laughs> Give it. Give it. You know, so if if this is a way to do it that's more efficient and, you know, perhaps can be genetically more closely tailored to the person who needs it because rejection is an issue. Uh, well, all right. Please be, please be careful. Please be careful. I, uh, did you see the story out of Columbus, Ohio? Which one? The uh, you know the, the, the guy... one the one story you know. Sorry, that's the one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the the guy who called and and said he had been burned by his nuclear reactor. <laughs> this Sheldon Cooper. This was <laughs> this was Thursday this he was week in, in East Texas. A nine one one call Thursday. This is this week. 
And then I'm reading now from the Columbus Dispatch, again at newspaper. A 911 call Thursday led to a precautionary evacuation of an entire street in a northwestern neighborhood of Columbus over concerns about a possible small nuclear reactor and alpha waves, reported by a resident who said he sustained burns in his garage from the device. Nuclear reactor. Now, now, before I read the next sentence. Okay. (laughs) Before I read the next sentence, the minute I saw the headline and the minute I started seeing reports of this, I said, I work in local government. I love working in local government. I am proud of the people I work with. But there are times when we just don't think. This guy never had a nuclear reactor. No. Nobody should have thought he did. Uh, The 911 telecommunicator should have been able, in a simple back and forth with this guy, to verify that he has emotional and mental issues. Was it rather than evacuating a neighborhood and sending to they eventually sent for a professor of nuclear physics from OSU to look at the device that he had in his garage? It was Jennifer Love Hewitt, wasn't it? It was (laughs) the 911 operator, isn't that that's what she's doing? The man told Bomb Squad, arson fire investigators, and medics this they went full ET on this guy's house. Old ET. Old ET or new ET? Were they holding guns or, or radios? I don't know. OG ET? Did they did they come did they come in? OG ET. In, the in, man told Bomb Squad, arson fire investigators, and medics that he had quote sustained radio frequency burns. What? Not a thing. This is this sounds like my the stuff that I've written for Capers Offworld where I've come up with like radiotronic <laughs> radiation. <laughs> I've made up words to, for like for a, for an, you know for a retro future sci-fi. It needs like, you know, the aether chamber and the radiotronic this and that. <laughs> Wait a minute. You can get burns from RF from your radio. RF energy from your radio. I'm looking sure. around this studio right now and i'm thinking (laughs) on the on the is that what that smell is on the upside mike you don't want kids and you're you're not having them (laughs) because you've got radio frequency burns on your test what did i just do he just rubbed his phone on his crotch (laughs) please while while working on a which which to be fair he does even when he you know he did that before he thought there was radiation coming off take my fertility please <laughs> wow, there's a lot of oversharing going on right now. I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed that there wasn't actually a nuclear reactor in this neighborhood because I was looking forward to the reports in the uh, whatever the Columbus newspaper Columbus is. Dispatch. The Columbus Dispatch, like in about a month from now, when the Columbus Dispatch is reporting on the sharp decline in crime in town <laughs> because of all the superhero mutant superheroes that came out of this neighborhood. <laughs> Yeah, very disappointed. So he sustained radio frequency burns while working on a, quote, quantum physics generator, end quote. Quantum physics. (laughs) In his garage. That he he kept inside a soup can. You know, (laughs) it makes the quantum physics. A nuclear specialist brought from OSU found in the garage a device that was identified as a homemade capacitor 
Did okay. It? He built a capacitor. Was it in flux? It was not. Stop it. You're encouraging the crazy person. <laughs> it wasn't a flux capacitor. I don't, okay. I don't have that clip. It's, it's okay. A Let's capacitor, see. thank you, Columbus Dispatch, is a device that consists of two or more separate conducting plates and is used to store an electric charge not unlike a battery. Temporarily store, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't, oh, geez, yeah, you, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so the flux so, capacitor was just full of fluxes. Battalion Chief Steve Martin, I love that. The guy's the name Columbus, is Steve Martin. <laughs> Battalion Chief Steve Martin, I picture balloon animals. Also, he's a wild and crazy guy, but continue. He is. The Columbus Fire Division's media spokesman said the me- the man's description of the device, si- now, why is this relevant, other than the fact that yeah, we're sorry we evacuated the whole neighborhood. But he told us he was working on a, quote, small nuclear reactor, end quote, and included references to a particle access- accelerator and alpha waves. <laughs> What's an alpha wave? It's it's obviously the far end of the spectrum from a gamma wave, which leads to hulks. You don't know that. <laughs> I do I do. I learned it on the internet. Neural oscillations in the frequency range of 8 to 12 hertz. Okay. And 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 then, of course... Are they going to give you superpowers? <clears throat> After it was determined that there was no threat, residents were allowed to return to their homes at 9.20 p.m. Wait, when did this start? Yeah. Call comes in. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 6.15. So over so these three people, hours. Three hours are standing around, gosh knows where, can't be in their homes on a quiet Thursday night because the the emergency call person in Columbus is not able to verify through a few simple questions that dude talking about particle accelerators, alpha waves, and nuclear reactors might not be legit. And the kicker, only one injury was reported, full colon, a firefighter in a hazmat suit was injured when he unexpectedly spelled wrong, came off a curb and twisted his ankle. And now I'm sitting over here and I can't go back to my house and I'm missing the good place. <laughs> <laughs> you know that there was somebody mad about that. You know it. Yeah, they missed the good place that night. Yeah. So, so yes, firefighter. No nuclear reactors in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> and a, fi- oh, and, and a firefighter is anyway. out of commission. He's, he's taken a... a, a public servant a first responder out of commission with a sprained ankle this guy should be in jail (laughs) uh and then a mental institution for the record they are giving uh, depending on according to the article depending on the evaluation and further investigation it is possible the man will be criminally charged with inducing a panic good if there had if he had actually managed to create a nuclear reactor he could be in jail because there would be superheroes coming to get him right now. But... <laughs> you are obsessed with this. Or well, he... it was. What do you want to happen? I'm trying <laughs> to spin this the good way. Or he really did create There's a nuclear alpha reactor. Waves. That's and... going to do something, right? <laughs> Clearly. Or he really did create a reactor, and this is the cover story. In capers, oh, it's called. In me... capers, it's called trem waves. <laughs> In an off world, there's aether aether chambers and <laughs> radiotronic particles and <laughs> uh, mystery science theater once taught us all you got to do is stick space in front of everything, right? Yeah, yeah. My space fork. 
Space Window. We did that already in this episode. Wait, there it is. There. Oh, good <laughs> Space Window. Well done. Commander Cody to the Space Window. Those pigs have space monkey DNA in them. They do. Oh my God, what have you done? You've given that monkey space pig DNA. <laughs> the space pig it's monkey. My- the space pig monkeys are on the loose. Quick, capture them with the space nets. <laughs> I can't, sir. They've been afflicted with alpha waves. Try the space tranquilizer, then. <laughs> See? That's, that is 90% of the space movies made between the, the uh, 1950 and the moon launch. <laughs> space this and space that. Maybe I should rewrite Offworld. <laughs> space off world space capers space capers exactly space capers <laughs> that's kind of what it is <laughs> well there you go i can't though with space powers i've committed to the name off world it's there's a logo. Right. there's a logo <laughs> there's a logo on a banner <laughs> space parts but when i do when i do podcasts pants. that's how i can talk about it oh it's space capers <laughs> there you go and that they used to be the episode title spaceships and they have space guns <laughs> there you go and they fight their space foes. And they, 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 uh, and it's during Prohibition, so they're looking for space booze. <laughs> we, well, we all are. Space, space foes. You do mean we, space folkses? Do we want to, do we want to talk about. What was the, that from? The, the, what? Oh, never mind. Somebody was pronouncing the word foe as folks. Oh. With the axe. Do we want to talk about the the Sammy Peeps movie? Yeah, yeah. What was so we, we all watched, right? Yes, I watched. I watched, the, I watched it like, last night. I watched it cool. like three weeks ago, right after we talked about it. <laughs> so, what was it called again? It's the the personal life of the life it's, and it's times of just... Sammy Peeps. <laughs> something it's like something that. like that. Yeah, and it is on Amazon Prime. It was a BBC TV movie. Yep, and um, it's it it's rated I... R. Heavily, pri- oh, yes. heavily rated for, R for much needed. The private life of Samuel Pepys. Yeah, the private life of Samuel Pepys. TV movie two thousand three. Um, <laughs> Allison was like, "What the hell are you watching in there? It's, it's not. Sa- it's, it's not. It's porn. show research. And all these, it's and all these people, all these guys walking around with the big long wigs and the big wide brimmed hats and the fancy long coats <laughs> with brocades and things. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, what's I, that period in history I, called? What's that? What, what, what do we refer to that as? Restoration. That's the restoration. Yeah, in, it, because of, as we know from our reading of the diary, in 1660, Charles II, son of Charles I, who's killed during after the English Civil War, is restored to the throne after the death of Oliver Cromwell. Yeah, and they refer to Cromwell. Um, yes, in a the couple movie. times, actually. Yeah, they refer to how they're like, hey, it's it's kind of funny that there's there's nobody who was alive fighting with Cromwell. Yeah. Because <laughs> no, nobody a... wants to be like, like, oh, yeah, I backed that guy. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, some, suddenly Cromwell's out and, and Charles is back on the throne and everybody's like, but Cromwell who? Oliver what? <laughs> Me? No. No, no. <laughs> Somebody makes that comment in there. They're like, it's funny how there's no one, there's no one left alive that supported Cromwell or something like that. Um, I, I was of multiple minds about the show. I actually watched it with Michelle because I wanted her take on it too. And, and we came to the following conclusions. At the end of the day, I really liked it. And if you're not going to dig into the whole diary anyway, it's actually not a bad introduction to what goes on. Yeah. Um, it's basically correct. Unfortunately, it's overarching trope. The court case isn't real. Right. 
that's made up. The overarching MacGuffin they've got where they turn the diary essentially into the MacGuffin of the story. Will he reveal it or won't he? Yeah. Um, is is not accurate. But first, he, and, he and was, so that was he my was, he, he did get in trouble. Oh, yes. But much he after the diary the, is done. Yeah. And he spent time know. in the tower. Yeah. And the, and the diary was, didn't factor into it at all. Right. Right. Because yeah. the diary isn't known. You know, that's that to me is the biggest. You've just hit on what I found to be the biggest problem. Very few people know about the diary. At, the, um, at, that, sus- at that time for real. Right. 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 Samuel, his wife, a couple of I sus- I sus- well, certainly his wife does. Yeah. Uh, um, I think Will Hewer does because Will Hewer, uh, the the other guy that he's always talking to, the young man, yeah. that he's sort of te- sort of uh, mentoring, sort of teaching, yeah, mentoring. There, that's what I wanted. That he's mentoring, he actually becomes the heir to Peeps's estate because Samuel does die without children. <laughs> because he, <laughs> that's, because that he is had never proven. Well, supposedly the the story yeah, tells yeah, you yeah, the yeah, story yeah. tells you that he had a he kidney had a, stone. a kidney yep. stone removed that was roughly the size of a billiard ball. It was removed <laughs> yep. via surgery, and this yep. is I don't know how that it was necessarily that big, but it was. This is this is true. I looked that up. He did in fact have a kidney stone removed via yep. surgery. Yeah, we talked about Jim talked about that with um, us. by cutting um, into his perineum, which the lay people will re- will refer to as the taint. Yep, um, or by cutting the thing that Josh Brolin cooks yeah they cook they, they cut that open <laughs> yeah um and then they took they, they go up into the bladder from there with a giant rusty giant set of tongs <laughs> while holding while holding the ball the, the 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 kidney stone in place with a uh a thin a, a, a slender but not very slender poker that goes up your urethra um to just find the thing and put it you know to push it into place so they can get to it easily the yep. uh, uh, the urethra poker, uh, uh, by the way, is also the means of anesthesia. Yes, yep. <laughs> because it puts you, it knocks you out from the pain. With when they shove it in thing. there, you pass out from the pain because right, no no anesthesia at all. Um, but they, uh, yeah, and then then that supposedly maybe 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 that is what rendered him sterile. sterile. Yeah. Um. And, and no. And or well, certainly... or this or it might have been his wife's pro- uh, fault. You know her body that kept them from having children, um, and I refer you to the second best line from the the movie, which takes place. The second best line comes in the same scene as the first best line. Which was that we'll the one you to. texted me? Yes, the second best line where he says where they're arguing about having children, and he says, "Perhaps childlessness runs in your family," which I find to be a great line. Mm-hmm. Childlessness runs in, in your, your family. Runs right. in your family. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and you'll miss that line if, because you go, wait, what did he just say? That Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no, I, uh, so it, well, the, the overarch in yeah, the fact, diary Samuel thing. writes, and that's, there's a lot of details in this movie that are straight out of the diary, including that, that Sam does write down repeatedly that he's worried that it was, that he was rendered sterile, that his wife Elizabeth repeatedly tells him that that's why you're sterile, that they fight about his sterility. But as historians have pointed out, he's married for several years to her prior to the operation, and they don't have kids. Yeah, yeah fair enough. You know, so but before but, I forget um, about before I forget about it, all part of that sterility thing is he talks about how he's he's uh, tried to make sure that he can perform and be you know and, and impregnate her and the best line that he states when he's in the midst oh of this God. argument with her is he says i treat my testes like they're princes <laughs> 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 and then yes. mere seconds later he busts out the childlessness line 
Yeah. <laughs> I that that was a great line. No, no, no. I even though that overarching thing is is not there is not correct. This is a movie that gets a shocking amount right. Um well, the, very... the whole the whole in in put the MacGuffin with the of the diary having that in there is the only way to tell the audience that he's writing this diary he's got every, he wrote everything down basically like the point of the story is that this is a look at his life as recreated from his own writing yeah and yeah. so they do it in two ways they set the they make the diary central to the story in a fictional way but right. they make the diary they make it clear that he has kept this diary for a long period of time um and they they well three ways really that they have scenes that feature him actually dealing with the diary where when his wife starts reading part of the diary and then it switches to latin uh-huh. when he's talking about the the woman that he banged what um, a great scene that is <laughs> and he says well how, like, you know like he makes the comment about how he likes his he like he falls into latin when he speaks of the church sure <laughs> right when i discourse upon theological matters yeah and, and it's, um it's and like, then and then three of course where he actually um he for for a movie of that type for a period piece like that very odd he breaks the fourth wall and talks to you yep which is very like that saying oh yeah by the way this is me talking to you just like my diary tells this story yes yeah but i think no. with, without he does the, it multiple the, times the fake plot point of the diary in the trial i don't think any of that comes together well i don't think i my my opinion uh i I, so I, I understand it as a as a storytelling device right putting that in there with the trial yeah to kind of bring it all together sure and i get that too and it's fine that they did it and it creates a you know a dramatic moment at the end that's fine whatever it's entertainment um but it's not accurate but it's not accurate and it's also not important to what the movie is about because the movie isn't about him revealing the diary the movie is about his wife and mistresses. It yep. is the private life of Samuel Pepys. Everything else in the story is about what's going on with him kind of personally. Sure. No, and I and I agree with that. I think that that's, that's a really good insight, and I strongly agree with that, because to me, that was the best stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That was the best stuff as, as when, they gave us. When his because... mistress teaches him about the clitoris, and then he goes home and does the clitoris. Yes. <laughs> thing and not wife. just that. And then he's worried that. that she's going to wonder where he learned that. But... <laughs> But if and she's she like, doesn't yeah, do it more. ask me, <laughs> she's like, I don't care. Doesn't ask me. Why doesn't she ask right. me? Yeah, and because he's a worrier, which we've which we've established. So and and that's exactly it. That's it. And it's and the w- fact that it that is showing rather than telling who this guy was. Yeah, and you and we've talked about like one of the great things that we enjoy about reading excerpts from the uh, the diary diary, which we will do again um, shortly, is that it is a glimpse into the life of somebody from that period when and we find out that like you know their lives just weren't that terribly different from us. No, he there's had, a lot of he had money worries and 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 he fought with his wife and you know he was a worrier and he was you know in. We've we've pointed that out on a number of occasions, and so it, it plays into the movie. And, and to be honest, folks, if you're thinking about watching this too, if you're thinking that you might not be terribly interested in it, it's also only an hour long. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, 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 not, it's, it's, not a, it's it's very not, funny. It's not feature length. It is quite funny. So who who was the mistress that taught him the thing? That is that is Betty Bagwell. That story is true, and it's one of my favorite pieces because. Bagwell is this woman that in the early part of the diary he is seeing almost on a fortnight basis. Yeah, they go they go and have uh uh 
What lobster are the, what? and port wine yeah, out yeah, in the park. Yeah, yeah he's a really got picnic. A, a few times. Lobster <laughs> and port wine, and then they screw in the park. He tells tells Jane while the, people the are maid walking by, looking at them to put together the picnic basket yeah. for him, and she knows exactly what that's all about. <laughs> well, but the really funny thing with Jane, and it is out of the diary, is every time he takes Betty Bagwell out to do this, he tells his diary. And in compensation for my licentiousness, I'm putting extra money in the poor box. Yeah, yeah and you see, yeah, the poor box he gives money to, to Jane. Yeah, money, money for the alms box. And and it's it is it is so funny that the amount keeps going up <laughs> because he keeps telling himself it's so human. I will not do this. I'm done. My wife loves me. She's a good woman. Um, I, I definitely, definitely, definitely will not do this. And if I do, I will not pay 50 shillings. I will pay a guinea. <laughs> and I think you at know. the, at the, the last time Jane questions him, are you sure that much? <laughs> so, yeah, right? Just do it. All right, please. <laughs> <laughs> and Bagwell's, and this is true. Bagwell's husband is a captain of a rotten ship in the Navy. And she exchanges those favors with Peeps for promotions for her husband. <laughs> sure, because he works so in the So if you notice, as he's talking to Peeps, because he's a very highly placed official in the Admiralty, as, he's, as she's talking to Peeps about her husband while they're having sex, by the way, <laughs> at one point he's the captain of this junkie ship and, and he agrees and they, have, they do it. By the end of the show, Peeps looks at her and goes, and how is Commodore Bagwell? <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's a little drop. It's like, oh, so he's constantly promoting him in exchange for the lobster and port wine. Yeah. <laughs> and having sex with his wife. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's like, so he's always doing All that. All the time. I, I was trying to number my three favorite moments. My, my favorite moment is easily. Easily, how well they did the incident between Deb and Peeps, which we have read live on the show, uh, where he's putting his hand under her cloak. Oh yeah, yeah. Where under her under her skirts. That's like the first time and we talked really about his his dalliances with his yeah. servants. You know, and I loved the line from Deb, which obviously isn't in the diary, but it's a great one. You must have the most brushed hair in the world, Mister Peeps. <laughs> Because he, he does that every time, yeah. Because that's, that's his excuse. Because, well, to get her close to him. Well, it, as you saw, and I, it was funny because it just never clicked with me. But Sam does talk about this. His move with Jane, yeah. The, the <laughs> minute, the minute she starts brushing his hair for lice, his hands are on her breasts. Yep. It's just sort of a mode. It's a thing he does. Like there's nothing to it. It's Pavlovian. Uh huh. Yeah. It's like, hey, my how hair, you doing? My honk? hair's being brushed. Yeah. I must touch boobies. <laughs> right. And both and and there is a sadness here. There's a real sadness to what both Jane and Deb say. Peeps when he puts his hand on her parts and starts doing all this stuff, he looks. She looks at him and sort of reproaches him, and he withdraws. And Deb says to him, look, I get it. This is who I am in society and life. Go ahead. Might as well enjoy it. You know, it's a remarkable moment. And then, of course, right after that, Elizabeth walks in <laughs> and you have the scene at the top of the landing 
where Jane is throwing plates at him. His <laughs> wife is screaming in the other room, and Deb is being thrown out on the street. And he just wants to replash to the parlor and get drunk with the boys. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, I, I just, so that was, that was easily my best moment, but I adored the scene where Hewitt, uh, where, where Hewer comes to him and says, this rope maker has said has sent these three crowns over with his bid for rope making and peeps looks at him and says will the rope do its job and he says well yeah he says good well then keep the two crowns and he says two crowns he says yeah one's for me mhm taking his cut that was that was exactly <laughs> the way of it in the 17th century really into the elizabethan period it's the it's way like, of it's the way of it throughout it's like history, it's... jim i want my taste how about a yeah. little something for the effort but not just that and then he goes on to say well we're less cor- we cut the we cut the corruption because our bribes were one third of the former guys <laughs> you know we're honest because a we made sure the rope was good and b we cut the we cut the graft right off the top so that was good it's like what a delightful little moment of I think exactly how that worked. Um, and that speech, oh, for, oh, let me observe. Peeps got off real good by having Steve Coogan play him. S- Sam was not that handsome. <laughs> I, and I doubt his wife was that pretty either. Oh, she was gorgeous. That, that is a beautiful young woman. Uh, I was finding yeah. myself like, you know. Like, like, she was, that's these, a beautiful woman. These but people, that, need, these that people scene, need to be less attractive. <laughs> that, like, that scene, why you know, wouldn't he fine. want to be? Like she's she's lovely and she's French and she's 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 intelligent and she's like kind and she you know, like she, all the all the bad traits that she that she um, displays are because he's because being terrible to her. Yeah. Like there's yeah. like we we don't have any indication that there's anything wrong with her as a person in any way except that he treats her like crap. Well, bear in mind if he had been a good husband, she Sam. would have been a lovely wife and everything would Wait, have been she... great. They wouldn't have had kids, maybe, but they, things would have been fine. When they get married, she's fourteen. Well, that you know, welcome to the sixteen hundreds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and, but and that money scene, changed hands too. <laughs> oh yeah, that scene between Charles and Peeps in the park, Charles the Second, just killed me. <laughs> he was a where, dick. Where, where, oh my! Well, of course he was. He's the king. But he looks He's at candy. Peeps and goes, "The Navy bores me to tears." <laughs> Do whatever you want. As long as it doesn't cost more. As long as it doesn't cost. And you tell me about it only briefly. <laughs> so I basically, keep spending exactly the amount that you're spending per- annually. And once per year, pop by and say, Navy's looking good. <laughs> yep. Chuck. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. And then you can do it. whatever you want. Just right. Don't, Move don't. it around. Organize it however you want. <laughs> don't talk you to know, me about it. <laughs> fire who you want. You know, you want and and Sam does. That's exactly what he does. You know, they they go out uh, and he and it's him and Shaftesbury, who, by the way, Tim Piggott Smith killed me the whole movie. Every time he was on screen, I wanted him to do more things. But um, as 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 you know, it's that's what they do. They go in there, they fire the bad ones. Yeah, they take their graft, but they cut the graft levels down. They make sure that they're buying from people who are reputable. And they build the Navy that goes on to create the British Empire. It's these guys. Yeah, because they're getting their butts kicked by the Danish. By the Dutch. It was, it, 
it was the, the Dutch. Dutch. Okay. Yeah. That's why they can hear the battle. It's happening right, right over the channel. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, they're fighting the Dutch. And it's, <laughs> yeah, and, they're, and that's exactly it. It's that Charles is going, and you can see Charles' high level of interest. I've just lost how many ships? Oh, well, see to it, peeps, would you please? You know, but that scene with, with Charles II just rocked my world. Samuel, let me be clear. The Navy bores me to death. I was just, yeah, that's Charles, all right. I had a one one observation, one little scene that tickled me, in addition to everything else we've talked about, was uh, at some point, the, the city of London is on fire. 1666. Yes, that's, great, great, that's actually the great, great fire of 16. And it's a yeah, five-day fire in London, yeah, big deal. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's getting burned down, burned down the whole center of the city. Yeah, well, it's 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 getting close to Sammy's house, mm-hmm. and I don't know who he's with. Is it the protege, the younger guy? Yeah, sure. And uh, and they're they're like standing there looking at the fire, and uh, and like, oh my god, this fire is terrible. And the camera just stays on them, and their faces are lit up all orange and flickery. And Sammy turns to the camera and says, "You'll just have to take my word for it." <laughs> and it's just this kind of like yeah. little thing, like we didn't have the budget that yeah. <laughs> yeah i love the line from charles right in front of it going ah, what is it there's a fire in london well they'll probably piss it out by morning <laughs> i missed that <laughs> yeah that line is actual by the way i don't think charles says it. i think one of his courtiers does but it becomes a bit of a scandal because they don't take the fire seriously at first and then it burns and down that's everything. why it gets worse it burns down everything inside the original roman walls correct yeah, because it, it's it, all you know wood. Yeah, it, it it wipes out a pretty significant um, historic. And part I've of the actually thing. one of one of my neat little adventures in London was I got to go. Actually, there, there's a pretty well known spot where Sam watched the fire because he crosses over into Southwark, which isn't burning. And so he crosses over, and the inn where he stays while London is burning is still there. So, uh, and, you know, you can see St. Paul's Cathedral from there and all that stuff. So, no, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly, it's not, it's not a documentary, but as an introduction to Sam and, and what the diary is about, I think it's a good one. Well, being based on his diary, it's probably the closer than a documentary could get in well, a lot of, in a to, lot of respects. To that point, it's one of those things that I don't got to tell you guys, it drives me nuts that just trust the history. It's interesting. You don't have to make Sam Peeps' life up. You don't. <laughs> he's, he's there for the restoration. He's there for the great fire. He's there for all this incredible political machinations. And he's also got an amazing personal life. Speaking yeah. of his personal life. Yeah. Shall we visit we, him? We got a little bit of a diary for today. We'll wrap her up here. It's, yeah, that seems appropriate to go visit him. Uh, and it's kind of on our theme. And it's, uh, it's, I, there's, uh, there's no Friday entry. So uh, I did back up. I did back up just a little bit here. Where's what I wanted? Because I, we were in 1661, close to the time of year we're in now. Yeah, well, no, and it's it's actually hitting mark on mark. Uh, so I thought we would do this. There we go. Yeah, this this particular entry was incredibly long, so I decided to shrink it just a little bit. Saturday, 7th September, 1661. This morning comes Captain Ferrers. That's Captain Robert Ferrer. We've met him before. And the German Emmanuel Luffer, who goes as one of my lord's footmen. 
though he deserves a much better preferment, to take their leave of me. And here I got the German to play upon my theorbol, which he did both below and in my wife's chamber, who was in bed. He plays bravely. I find by him that my lute is a most excellent lute. I did give them a mince pie and a collar of brawn and some wine for their breakfast and were very merry and sent for Mr. Adams, our neighbor, to drink Mr. Shepley's health. At last we all parted, but within a quarter of an hour after they were gone, and my wife and I were talking about buying a fine scallop, which is brought her this morning by a woman to be sold, which is to cost 45 shillings. In comes the German back again, all in a gore of blood, which I wondered at, <laughs> and tells me that he is afeard that the captain is killed by the watermen of the tower stairs. So I presently went thither and found that upon some rude pressing of the watermen to ply the captain, he struck one of them with his cane, which they would not take, but struck him again. And then the German drew his sword and ran at one of them, but they were both soundly beaten. The captain, however, got to the hoy that carries him in the pages to the downs, and I went into the alehouse at the stairs and got them to deliver the captain's feathers, which one from the captain was come to demand, and went home again and found my wife, my wife dressing of the German's head. So did give him a cravat for his neck and a crown for his purse and sent them away again. <laughs> again, man, violence just erupts. <laughs> so you, you insult somebody in this time and somebody's going to run at you with a sword. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, so we start out going all the way back to the top. Yeah, they this stopped by Captain, and they played some music. Captain Ferrers, we know Captain Ferrers. Yeah. He's the guy that takes it, he goes with him to Algiers eventually. But this German fellow, Emmanuel Luffa, L-U-F-F-E, who goes as one of my, uh, he goes as one of Montague, the Earl of Sandwich, one of his footmen, Timothy Pigott Smith. He deserves much better, so Sam likes him. Like he, ho- and he hopes, he hopes they're, this guy's going to rise up the ranks further. Yeah, they're, 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 he's Sam's got his eye on this dude. He's going to take care of him. So he asked Luffa to play upon his therabo, which is a plucked string instrument. It's a, it's like a long-necked lute. And he refers to it as a lute later well, on. Well, no. Separate, no, that's well, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct. Separate instrument. Which he does then. But he then says, go down and play it for my wife who's in bed. She, she, you play well. Go do that. So is this he like the, the, the bass version of the lute? Yes. Well, no, it'd be a higher, it'd be a higher, yeah, it'd be a lower stringed instrument, yeah. I find by him that my lute is a most excellent lute. and the bass lute. His, his, his lute is apparently very good. He's got it, got he it. gives him a mince pie and just a, claw, a collar of bronze. So just need a drummer meat. and you got a band. Yeah. And some wine. So they have wine for breakfast. That's good. And then, of course, he sends for his neighbor. Come on over. We're, we're having some food with some guests. Within 15 minutes... <laughs> Of them leaving. So they, they went next door. Yeah, they went next door. Oh, no, he calls, he calls <laughs> Adams over. So they're at home. And his wife comes down and said, they're talking about buying a fine scallop. A scallop is a band of lace. Oh, more no, lace. more lace? <laughs> to, which is in the shape of a scallop shell. Hence its name. <laughs> it was brought to her this morning by a woman to be sold. What does Sam write down? Which is to cost 45 shillings. Which is a good chunk of money. Oh, yeah. Let's call that three, four grand. 
Wow. It's not the it's not the lace we saw last time, but it's a good chunk of money. And so so they're talking about this lace. Oh my God, dear, what are you doing? In comes the German back again. This is Mr. <laughs> Lufa. With his head all in a gore the, of blood. The captain's been stabbed. The captain's been stabbed. <laughs> Which I wondered at. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Wonder why he's covered in blood. <laughs> you know. Well, Sammy's not like he doesn't just take this all like, oh yeah, well this happens. You know, he's not like one of those where hmm, curious. <laughs> and he tells me that he is afraid the captain is killed. <laughs> He's so, oh my God, Ferris is dead. He is dead by the waterman at the tower stairs. The tower stairs are still there. The tower stairs are still there. If you visit the tower, it's, it, it, it's right there, so, which is kind of cool. So I presently went thither. So Sam goes. He went thither, which I love. I love that yeah. word, hither and thither. It's just here. Hither and thither. Here and right. There. It just it's means here far and more directive. I didn't go there. I went thither. And found that upon some rude pressing of the watermen to ply the captain. So these watermen, these are these are gondoliers, basically, right? That ferry you up and down the Thames to some of the major locations. It's a very common mode of transportation right through this period and for hundreds of years before. Yeah, back before the Thames was a cesspool. Right. It's uh, and they found that some by some rude pressing of the watermen to ply the captain, he hits one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, this guy's like, hey, 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 governor, governor, found for my trouble. And he smacks him, which they would not take. Cheap son of a. <laughs> but he's but they then strike him again. And then the German drew his sword and ran at them. And this is but where they like, were modern day guns are out. Like yes. it was just chest bumping. <laughs> and maybe a slap or something now like now guns are out apparently and this is one of the notes that i've got in my annotated peeps apparently this is Ferrer's move <laughs> he doesn't take kindly to people doing this so he'll whip that to end it. the captain is not dead however right <laughs> he has got to the hoy which is a ship it's a it's a barge uh, you know, used for freight. So it's a it's a mid-level ship, like a tugboat almost. Got to the hoy that carries him and the page to the downs. So so then Sam goes to the alehouse at the stairs. So there's a there's a bar there, go figure. And got them to <laughs> deliver the captain's feathers, which one of them from the captain was come to demand. So clearly Ferris leaves some clothing back with Sam and it's sent for them. And so Sam leaves them there and they promise to um give them back to him once they find him. Jeez. So, and so he goes back, he finds his wife dressing the German's head. So the captain, because he can't keep his temper, gets Luffa into a fight that results in Sam's wife having to dress his head. And, and like they would say uh, in certain neighborhoods, he got his wig split. He did. <laughs> that is true. He got cut on the and, head, and, and head, head wounds bleed. Head, yeah. Even just a, you know, if you just cut the skin, they really bleed. Lots of blood vessels. Ask, that's, that's, why, that's why he looked all agore when he yeah. arrived. Ask Ric Flair. Certain neighbor, um, neighborhoods in 17th century England? No. Wig? Get your wig well, split? Ah, he did indeed have a wig, I suspect, <laughs> yeah, which was split. That's true. 
And so he did give him, and, and the interesting part is, so Sam goes out, makes sure he's actually not dead. He finds out he's not dead. That's good. That was nice of him. Because <laughs> that's the information that he's got, right? Well, bear in mind, Sam is responsible for the Navy. So this is one of his guys. Yeah. So he goes out, goes to this tavern, finds out he's not dead, finds he's got his boat. That's fine. So he says, gives him the hat or the feathers or whatever they're connected to. He comes then back, finds his wife dressing the German, gives him a crown for his purse and sends him away again. <laughs> oh, and a cravat for his neck. So, you know, so he gives him so clearly. And why does he give him that cravat? Probably because the one he had was covered in blood. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Here's here. Here's yeah. some non. Oh. Here's a non bloody oh. scarf for you to cover up your still bloody clothes and bloody so, neck. So yeah, <laughs> on uh, Saturday, December seventh, sixteen sixty one. Samuel begins the morning well, but 15 minutes into an expensive lace purchase, discovers that one of his guys. <laughs> the the has... second expensive lace purchase we've talked about, and I'm guessing not the last. And, 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 and it's another lace purchase, but it's perhaps the weirdest lace yeah. purchase because like suddenly he's, well, sorry, can't finish purchasing this lace, honey. I got to go make sure my friend isn't dead. <laughs> you know, the friend that you saw 15 minutes, minutes ago. ago. Yeah. He yeah, might be just left at the waterfront. That pie you made, <laughs> I gave to him. I'm afraid the pie wasn't recovered, honey. <laughs> <laughs> good, fell, new, good news the, the captain is alive <laughs> but, yeah. the, but the pie was the lost good news is <laughs> the bad yeah and that's and that and that was his morning that was you know and again there's so much here i there i am told that there was a uh a, it's obviously lost to us a bbc series in the early 50s of his life oh wow in the 50s um which I strongly suspect was heavily balderized because it wasn't until the seventies that we got the full, the full diary into print. There were parts of the diary that in the 19th century were, were said to be too obscene ever to publish. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's like that to me, well, I'll, I'll avoid the long discursion and only say, that's why so much of obscenity and, and, and censorship and things like that is so absurd. This is this guy's life. This isn't fiction. This isn't something done for porny purposes. This is a secret <laughs> diary of a man's life. And the, the porny stuff isn't even the most, the most important or the most entertaining. No, no, it isn't. It's the stuff that I have because, and, and going back to the movie very briefly, I found that scene at Elizabeth's deathbed very touching and true. I don't know that it happened that way, but I loved the fact that I loved the fact that he said, I vowed to be loyal to her, to be hers only, to be her only love. And I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he then says, judge me as you will. Yep. And we do every couple of months. (laughs) And we do. And we do. But I think we're like, you know, we don't hold ourselves above Sam. Like, no, it's all very human. Yeah, I could, at, save we, we for, at, like, if, I, if Mike came over to my place and I gave him a pie and he, le- he left, and then Allison suddenly came running back saying, I think Mike's dead. <laughs> I, my, that would be, like, a really kind of a big deal in my life. Uh-huh, like, that's, yeah. like, that's a significant moment. That you might, would probably you might, change me. Yeah, you might blog about that if you were... 
you know, blogging about other but things. But a lot of a lot of the other stuff in his life is like not surprising. Like, you know, having to spend a bunch of money on this or worrying about this money or having uh you know, being ticked off at the at the workers who are fixing up the place or <laughs> going out to the bar with your friends or, you know, all the different stuff that he does. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. So, so may none of you this week return home all in a gore of blood. Here, here. <laughs> our our Christmas our Yuletide our Christmas wish, for wish you. to our Yuletide <laughs> wish to you. That, that no one will leave your holiday festivities and then one of them come back 15 minutes later all a gore. It's, it's, if you can get through the holidays without that right. happening. No, if you, can, if, if you can complete all of your holiday lace purchases without that happening. I, I may have to build this into a full thing. Samuel Pepys wishes that when you play upon your therabo, feast on your mist's pie in a collar of brawn and wine... That you make your lace purchases and have none returned to you all in a gore of blood. Awesome. Happy Christmas. Happy Yule to you all. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's, that, that, I, that, I may have to do that. Do we have anything else? Yeah, do you, uh, we have a Kevin question if you guys have time for one. Okay. Sure. We have uh, an audio file this time. Here okay. we go. 130 questions. Would you spend the next 10 years in a coma if you knew your closest friends and family would be unbelievably rich and successful when you wake up? Or would you keep the status quo? Thanks, Kevin. Would you spend 10 years in a coma if when you woke up, everybody you knew was rich and and famous, was it? Yeah. Is there a causal relation? Is the idea that there's a causal relationship there? I don't think so. Well, oh, uh, this is just the, yeah, it's just the. Yeah, whereas if you if you didn't would you be willing to give up to go years, into a 10 year coma are you willing to give up 10 years happen. of your life to benefit all of the people you love that's what he's asking no <laughs> no well now, at th- at my age currently yeah. no okay hell no i'm 47 okay. Sure. no okay <laughs> i i would <laughs> if the expectation was that you know they they're going to share with me oh thank god you're you're out of your coma here enjoy share the riches with us sure why not <laughs> nope <laughs> jim want to break the tie i uh i'm kind of <laughs> yeah at 53 <laughs> the correct answer what? jim at 53 is no yeah. i don't know yeah. you know it's with, it, that, with... there's it's the it's the uh it's the the Twilight Zone episode where the guy trades riches for health. You know, the guy has the ability to absorb people's age. Now, the the offset of that, if I reach, let's be like let's let's think really positively here and think I reach when I'm eighty three, uh-huh. and I've got terminal stage four pancreatic cancer. Will I spend the next ten years in a coma? This is the optimistic so part. that so that everybody that I love is is has a has a great time has a wonderful life yeah because I'm not going to make it ten years with stage right. four pancreatic sure. cancer no. I'll spend ten years just nah. maybe I'll hear them when they come to visit me maybe they won't even visit me whatever the case is to 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 give that to everybody because I'm not yeah why not but right now I know I got ten years of like useful life in front of me I want to. Where I can do things. We, we don't. Besides, really... I've got another game to put out. Yeah. <laughs> well, after that, because 
we don't know. In the very near future, we could all have our lives extended indefinitely by <laughs> replacement <laughs> organs that were grown in pigs with monkey DNA. Sure. Willing to gamble on that? Why not? <laughs> all right. Sounds like a terrible idea to me. So as the youngest one of the three here, I'm, I say, yes, Kevin, I would. The, uh, these other two geezers. Yeah, we're, we're, we're no, the geezers, the geezer continue. No, no, we will not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> what would Sam do? What would Sammy's answer wow. be? Not going to have wow. sex for, not, not going to have sex with somebody that's not his wife for 10 years? No. Yeah, He already, he yeah, already no, has a decent amount of money. Although, yeah, and he was set. He was basically set. And no matter how much money he had, he was always going to worry, so it really doesn't matter. Right? Uh, yeah, no, I... Wow. So a friend of mine, I did not realize this, sent me the answer to our earlier question, so I have Uh-oh, it what? What earlier As question the, was that? The, uh, what was the deal with the tube? In the movie, there's a guy with a tube coming out of his gut. Into yep, a bucket. This is the Earl of Shaftesbury, and it's legit. I have a picture of it. I think. Really? Yeah, what? A picture? Yep. Like a wood carving? Yeah, of the t- it, it, it was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's a Polaroid from sixteen. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Fair. It's a, depi- it's a depiction. How's that? Sure. So what in was May- it? He had, a, he had a colostomy. Nope. What did he have? What was it? In May of sixteen sixty-eight, he becomes ill. With a hydalid cyst. It's <laughs> echinococcosis. <laughs> tapeworm. A cyst from a tapeworm. Yep. Okay. His secretary, a guy, a guy by the name of John Locke, not that John Locke. The other one. Recommended an operation that almost certainly saved his life. As part of the operation, a tube was inserted to drain fluid from the abscess. And after the operation, the physician left the tube in his body and installed a copper tap to allow for future drainage. In later years, this was the code be the occasion for his Tory enemies to dub him Tapski, the (laughs) Polish ending, because the Tories accused him of wanting to make England an elective monarchy like Poland. Jeez. And so in, in the so movie... They, so in, they called him names. In, he's, he's kind of presiding over the, 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 um, the trial, the mm-hmm. fake trial, where, mm-hmm. where Sam is uh, being encouraged to, to produce the diary to save his, uh, his skin. Yep. And this guy is walking around with this tube hanging out of his guts, draining into some clay pot bucket. on the floor and, yeah. it, and it has no bearing whatsoever on the story <laughs> except for sammy to make the comment that you're at the end of your tether when he when he tries to walk when towards kinda, him when he kind of pokes he him <laughs> that's all it's there for it's there for sammy to jab him once but it was true yeah but they didn't have to show it, it no it, it's a giant question mark it you you walk away from the movie wondering what the hell was, was that? that it's only there for sammy it, to be a smart and ass. I, and I, I just, I wonder, I wonder, is this something that every English schoolboy would just know? Yeah, that's one of the things that, I found myself when I was watching the movie was kind of like, there's things I'm missing because I'm not British. Mm-hmm. Because right. I just don't like, know enough just, about the history of that. If period. they were to watch a show about George Washington, there would yeah. be things we, we can fill in that. the gaps as Americans. We can fill in the gaps on about s- 
certain things about our history specific to our country. They, they don't need you know yeah. the, the the filmmaker doesn't need to expound upon because we will we will know that stuff. So yeah. So so good old Tapsky. That's like that's like showing uh you know Betsy Ross in the background sewing that the the first there American flag well, and not commenting on it at all. In in like this, we all understand what that means. In the Sammy Peeps movie, it's the fire. They talk about yeah. a fire and they say it was like they didn't think it was going to be a yes. big deal and it turns out to be big and we don't actually see how big it is. We just see you know like and they make fun of the they fact make, that they, they make can't a really joke show that it. they can't really show how big it is. <laughs> but the point is that everybody you know the you know a Brit watching that is like oh yeah that That's was the fire that, that was a, that was serious yeah that was a <laughs> that, big deal that went for five days and was a yeah. gigantic problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh and I will be it is that John Locke. He was his secretary. Philosopher. Yeah. Not the guy from Lost. No. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. that obviously though the reference. <laughs> yeah, well, but, there's multiple. But yeah, John. So there's John Locke recommends that, that he get a after get a tube installed. All right. Wow. Anyway, John, that's crazy. Crazy. Are we done then? Yeah, I think that does it. I'm gonna go home and install a tube. What? <laughs> no, Jim. Jim, thank you. I don't have anything that needs draining. <laughs> you sure? Okay, Jim, good. that's good to hear. Not right now, Jim. Thank you for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Mike, where can they find us? Uh, Craig Tapsky. Yes, they can find us at... <laughs> I opened myself up for that. Nerdburgershow.com at Nerdburgershow. On the Twitters and the Facebook email list, Nerdburgershow at gmail.com. And go to Nerdburgergames.com for the game stuff that I work on. Go to uh, DriveThruRPG.com to buy some of that stuff. Covert is... Capers Covert is in... Uh, is out. It's, it's available. And keep your eye out for a January 7th Kickstarter. For a fancy schmancy hardcover capers book. Ooh. With, One month from with, today with as we hand, record this. With hand glued ribbons. Hand, fancy ooh. and schmancy. Yes. Are those lace ribbons? We have two kinds of awesome. Fancy and schmancy. Are they lace ribbons? They are 45 satin. shillings each. Jeez. On the next... <laughs> <laughs> On the next episode of Nerdburger, Mike and Craig introduce the Nerdburger Lego set. Ooh. It consists of a table, a bunch of equipment, sh- uh, shelves full of crap, a couple of minifigs, and uh, special lilac-colored bricks for the walls that are actually just pulled out of the Lego Friends set, <laughs> which is the girls-oriented set with all the pretty colors. Is this the same color as their apartment? I think it is. It's one of the rooms in their apartment, anyway. Maybe. What about the pink sign? The pink recording sign? Oh, it'll have all that little... Does it light up? No, it'll just be really It's just pink. like pink glass? I don't so know. It's reflective? Okay. <laughs> Can you get it light up extra? Are there electric Legos? Sure, there's the... the, the what are the ones that... The, like the, they're, they're like robotic. What are they called? They, the Lego Technic? And then they, they, they redid them again and they give them an even cooler sounding name. and Erector yeah. Legos? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Watch, no, they, watch the Toys That Made Us episode about Legos and find out how many know. times uh, Lego, the company, almost went under. It's amazing. Like, I didn't realize that Lego had that many problems. Multiple times in our lifetime that Lego almost completely went away. Wow. I was thinking of Light Bright. It'd be a Lego Light Bright oh, mashup. <laughs> That's how you would get lights in your Legos. Sure. Light Bright. Bye. Okay. Light bright. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Jimmy. Oh, no, awesome. Yeah, I, I, I did not see. I even learned more things today.
it's nice having friends who are still in the academic universe. <laughs> and are looking at their email. That are looking at the, well, no, I sent it earlier. I sent <laughs> yeah. it earlier in the week. I didn't check back. So oh. she got she got back to me pretty quickly. Oh, she you had already that. asked about the dude with the tube. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Oh. I, the minute I saw the tube, I'm like, wait a minute. What the hell is that? Yeah, it's like, was this... Now I'm going to ask... I watched the now movie ex- assuming that it would get explained at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, wait that's, a minute. That's, that, that, yeah, that's the question I'm going to ask. I got to, you know, I, I got to ask her, would this have been... You figure that British, because she's British, would British people just go, oh, oh, that's Shaftesbury? Um, I, I guess yeah. I guess I don't know. I don't know, but I still... Uh, I uh, I enjoyed it. No, I really enjoyed the movie. I'm surprised it took me that long to get to it, but I'm glad I did. What were they? What do they call him? Shaftsky? Sh- a tapsky. Oh, tapsky. Tapsky. Because because they put a tap in him. Right. <laughs> he had a tap, and he he was believed to have been sympathetic to the Polish style of government. He had a tap so, in him, like Bender. He's got his own. <laughs> yes. Yes. Bender had a tap in did him he? at one point. <laughs> so they all so they all called him Tapsky. Jeez. He's got his own tap. No, you don't want to drink that. Yes. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, straight from the abscess. Mm. <laughs> straight from the, straight out of the abscess. Straight out of abscess. That's boop, 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 boop. My new rap oh. album coming out. Oh, this, oh, have this a winter. Problem. Oh. Not quite as not quite as cool as straight out of Compton. Compton. <laughs> yeah. straight, straight, straight out, out of abscess. abscess. <laughs> oh. It's medical but, rap. Uh, <laughs> medical. <laughs> but um but yeah we will uh well you know gosh merry christmas well thank you merry christmas to you too and happy new year yeah we we will uh see you out there in the new year maybe jim wants to drink on the night of the 21st and and dial in for 10 minutes or so (laughs) if if on the two two weeks from today i am off work from the 20th to the end of the year nice you uh, you, 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 if you're around, you holla. All right, cool. all right. We'll see. You got some scotch floating around the place. <laughs> don't, don't, insult, don't insult me. Okay, <laughs> good. That's a good answer. I did that. Yeah, as a, I, that was totally a setup for you. Like, thank I, you. I, I thank knew you. What, I knew. I knew. I, I figured it was. I knew. What I figured you were letting me hit the bunny. <laughs> so anyway, yep, yep. Take care. Bye. All right, bye. Who was the guy with the tube coming out of his his stomach into a <laughs> pot? I, that's Montague. That's that's Montague. I've been trying to track down if that's, that's the accurate. sandwich guy. No, uh, no, no, no. Wait. That's not. I'm sorry. That's not sandwich. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. No, because that guy uh, hated peeps. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, he was. I, I've been. I've not had the time that I wanted this week. That's fine. To track down. Fi- we'll talk about that. Shoot, we'll talk about that next time. Shoot us an email. I will research. I will research. Find out who the guy with it. the with the tube in his his guts was. That was yeah, yeah. pooping in a, so, pot, in a that was so in a pot. That's basically room. what that was, right? You're on the end of your tether. <laughs> As he said. Yeah, that was a great line. That was a great line. <laughs> so we'll you do... wonder if that all was, and mm. and the fact that it was clearly, even though it was doing whatever it was doing, it was clearly just belching foul odors into sure. the entire closely packed, <laughs> unair conditioned, unventilated courtroom. It was overpowering everyone's bo. Yeah. <laughs> You hope. <laughs> no, it's a fine mixture of the two. Sure. So I still have to go in and get the grinding done and the temporary crown put on and then go back for a real quick pop and, and glue in of the when, of the final when that's made. 
when they grind on you, do you get to request whether a man or a woman does that? Um, well, my doctor is a woman, and the assistant that has been in there for the two times that I've been there is really cute. Ooh, um, three-way. <laughs> uh, but it's not that kind of grinding, and I think you know that. Jim, are you going to join the conversation? Or? Oh, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> I didn't know Jim was there. <laughs> Hi, Jim. How's it going? Hey, good morning. <laughs> 